This is Mainspring Family Wellness, where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers, a marriage and family therapist, author of The Conscious Parent's Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three. Welcome to Mainspring Family Wellness. Today we have on our show Dr. Janella Chin. Dr. Janella Chin is an advocate for better understanding of the science and medicine of cannabis. Her and her husband have been integrating medical cannabis into treatment since 2001. And Dr. Chin is a frequent keynote speaker on the science and medicine of cannabis and has spoken at hospitals, conferences, and global events. Her work has been featured in St. Jude's Medical, Huffington Post, Cornell Tech, Good Housekeeping, USA Today, and NBC Today, among others. The book she co-authored, Cannabis and CBD for Health and Wellness, was published in June of 2019. And Dr. Chin also hosts a podcast called Artemis Radio an educational podcast on medicinal cannabis. Dr. Chin, good to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. So can you tell us a little more about what CBD actually is? Because I think there's a lot of our listeners that probably don't have a full grasp Mm -hmm. on what that is in comparison to even marijuana. Yeah, so cannabis um, includes the marijuana plant, which has THC, and also includes the hemp plant which has less than 0.3% THC. So CBD and THC are the two main players of the cannabis plant. Mm. CBD is known um, for its um, uh, anti-pain effects, Mm anti-epilepsy, anti-seizures, essentially anti-muscle spasm without the euphoria, without the sedation. Mm -hmm. And THC is more well-known for the relaxation, sedation, and good for more acute pain. I see. Got it. So what are the benefits of CBD? I mean, why haven't we heard more about it? Um, Really, we have to look at the history. Okay. (laughs) Tell us a little bit. Of of medical cannabis. Well, medical cannabis, or cannabis rather, um, is is banned. It's a federal one substance, and it's still listed as a federal one substance along with cocaine. Um, and it basically, the government has labeled it as no medicinal value at all, highly addictive hmm. substance. Um, but with, I think media it has a big, big push into why we're moving in a different direction. Um, if you look at um, doctors, eight out of 10 doctors are recommending medical cannabis now, um, baby boomers. Um, and I, th- I think there's just a real shift into everyone's thinking behind cannabis and understanding that it's actually medicine now. Hmm. Is it actually highly addictive? So THC, uh, you can can have a dependency for THC, right? So THC Mm -hmm. has a dependency rate of about 9%, Mm -hmm. and that is the same as caffeine. Hmm. So just to give you some context, tobacco is 32%, alcohol is 15%. um, And this is published through the National Institutes of Drug Abuse. And that's so that gives you sort of that 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 comparison. Your cell phone has a sixty to eighty percent addiction rate. <laughs> wow. So, so that but then CBD. Is pretty low. 
I'm sorry, but CBD doesn't actually have an addictive component to it. It's only THC that does. Yes. So CBD has you. You are there's no dependency on CBD because CBD does not produce any um, psychoactive effects. No euphoria. No sedation. Um, it's an anti-inflammatory. So I have patients that are are experienced cannabis users. When they take CBD, they say, "Hey, this is no fun. I, you know, I feel like my back pain's gone, or my <laughs> joints feel good, but but it's it's no fun." <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm confused. Then why is it that is it because CBD was connected to THC with marijuana, and that's why it was considered a federal one substance? Yeah, basically. Well, because we it basically looped cannabis as hemp, marijuana, and then there's cannabinoids in the marijuana and hemp plant, and those cannabinoids include CBD and THC. So they lumped everything together and said all of it is bad, all of it is illegal. Um, hmm. You know, they meaning the the U.S. government, um, hmm. to going back to Nixon's era, and so that's followed through the decades uh, of this huge stigma. That you know, this is your brain on drugs. You know, marijuana is a gateway. Marijuana makes you dumb, and so that's sort of what we're fighting up against. And there's a huge movement now towards legalization of of cannabis. As you know, 33 states have medical cannabis laws, and if you look globally, Canada, um, you know, legalized adult use, and you have other countries in Germany and Spain and Italy, um, they're moving towards a medical cannabis model. Wow. Okay. So what are some of the symptoms and diagnoses that CBD can be helpful to treat and specifically for children? Because I understand that there's now more of a movement of treating children with mm-hmm. CBD. Yeah, there are certain states like Colorado that actually um, allow CBD and cannabis to be used for the treatment of autism. Mm. Um, so, uh, so I treat children. I treat children with CBD and the Symptoms and diagnoses range from autism to ADHD uh, to epilepsy. I have children in my practice with cancer, with irritable bowel syndrome, irritable bowel disease. I have children that have trouble sleeping, and Mm. I will treat that very safely with CBD. Wow. So it sounds like it can be used for a lot. Is Is there any time that you don't think it's the right treatment? It really depends on a case by case basis. I always look at you know, what other modalities, what other treatments has the child tried? Mm-hmm. So let's say, for, for example, for autism, a lot of times families will come to me after they've exhausted all conventional medical options. So they've, you know, done maybe, maybe it's like, it's usually like autism and irritable bowel or autism and uh, behavior issues or insomnia. So there's usually um, a two part, you know, there's two part thing with the autism. And they've gone through their neurologist or their psychiatrist or their pain specialist or pediatrician, and they've gone through a whole slew of medications or behavioral cognitive therapy, um, and it just didn't work, or they feel like things could still be dialed in, things could still be better. And that's when I talk about not only CBD, but I talk about nutrition, I talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, exercise, I I really look at this as a holistic approach, Mm -hmm. and CBD is really only a part of the puzzle. So the problem with media now is CBD seems to cure everything that moves. Yeah. CBD seems to be the silver bullet for everything. But when I talk to parents I, and, and they want CBD oil for, you know, better, better grades and attention and 
all this stuff, I always thought, well, let's talk about, you know, how is the child eating? How is the child sleeping? What's right. going on in the family dynamics? As you guys know, that's the huge, yeah, huge piece of the puzzle. Right. But what are the actual symptoms that CBD helps with? So, mm-hmm. for instance, with someone with autism, what are those? What are those symptoms that CBD oil would help to reduce? So, CBD is a is a very potent neuroprotectant and an anti-inflammatory. So, when I see children with autism, let's for example, let's just take. Um, Uh, attention. So some of my parents will come in and say, you know, um, my autistic child just can't sit still in class. You know, he or she is up all the time and walking around. If the air conditioners are turned on, then they're preoccupied with that air conditioner. And then the child next to him or her is tapping the pencil. And so it's like this Ferrari of a brain, but Mm. bicycle pedal for brakes. So CBD can actually help temper the nervous system. And what, how that works is it's through our GABA uh, receptors mm-hmm. and CBD basically tells the brain um, it's okay. Let's slow down. It you're safe. Um, it basically relaxes the nervous system without sedating the child. And mm-hmm. just a little bit of that groundedness, I always say, can go a long way. And then the child can do PT and OT better, or is performing better in school, and their speech improves. So do you see it as an actual cure or or is it just kind of putting a Band-Aid on a problem? Do you see it as a preventative medicine? I don't see it as a cure. I don't see it as a Band-Aid, but I see it as part of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So if the child um, has looked at behavior therapy and diet and good sleep hygiene, or I will add CBD as well. So let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's see how CBD performs. And we work together very closely with the, with the patient, uh, with the child's family and we keep a journal. You mm-hmm. know, what is the teacher, what are the teachers saying? Let, let, you know, let's start with a certain dose for two weeks. What are the teachers saying? What are they reporting? How are you seeing sleeping habits, eating habits? What is it like at the dinner table? So we look for things like that. And I actually keep a very close contact with the child's, um, other therapists as well, so that we are all on the same page because sometimes other therapists are not comfortable with cannabis or CBD. And um, whether it's stigma or just not being educated and not really not knowing, which is a lot uh, as what I see that, you know, I have therapists just say, you know, or psychiatrists, I don't know enough. There's not enough research. Um, So if we could work hand in hand, I feel a little bit better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and and along those same lines, I know um, I see a um, naturopath and I've talked to her about it. And, you know, she's like, it's. She's like, I, I ha- don't have a problem with CBD, but I feel like it's like the wild, wild west out there. Like, h- how do you know what you're getting? Like, how do you know it's legit? <laughs> it is the wild, wild west. And the beauty about being in California where you guys are is actually access. So you mm-hmm. have a lot of access, but there's so many. There's the black market, the unregulated market, then the regulated market. There's just a flood. I mean, I read there was over 7,000 CBD products nationally. (laughs) So it is overwhelming. And some of the CBD products are not even CBD products. So it's it's really hard to find good quality products out there. You have to look for third-party testing. Um, And this is absolutely essential, is third-party testing. The website for each company has to be transparent. So when you click on their website, you should be able to find the batch that matches to the bottle that you're seeing. Usually there's like a QR code and you can follow it Mm -hmm. and look at what's called the certificate of uh, authenticity or COA. 
and you're basically looking for okay. heavy metals and pesticides, you're making sure there's CBD content in it and that the, that the dosing is accurate on the label. Okay. So when a family would come to you for their child to be treated, are you giving them a prescription for CBD or are they just going to a local um, dispensary or a whole foods market to, to find something on the shelf? That's a wonderful question. So every state has its own regulation and law. So I think of every state as its own island which is unfortunate. So some states you don't even have access to CBD and some states you do or cannabis for that matter. So now I'm in New York now, I'm located in New York and New York is a highly regulated, a very robust medical model. So what that means is every dispensary, I give a prescription or it's not called a prescription, it's called a recommendation. And then every dispensary has a pharmacist at hand at all times. And my, the parents will go to the dispensary, meet with a pharmacist. It's an hour consultation after they've consulted with me that they consult with the pharmacist. And everything gets logged into the prescription monitoring program, which is the same mm. prescription monitoring program that the other doctors have access to. So if I, let's say the mm -hmm. pediatrician says, okay, you know, Johnny needs an antibiotic for his strep throat. Let me log into the prescription monitoring system. Oh, I see you're seeing Dr. Chin for medical cannabis. I see you've also filled this prescription at the dispensary. So it's all one uh, one database. In California, it's not that way. Mm. So if it varies from state to state, that means that I, not everybody has access to the treatment, right? Correct. But also you're also saying that in California, it's not regulated enough as, as compared to New York. Right, because New York just legalized it four years ago, almost pushing five years. Mm. California legalized medical cannabis 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Has it been 20 years? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so in California, would someone go to uh, a physician like yourself to receive then a recommendation and, and still have to go to a dispensary? Yes, they still go to a dispensary, but the dispensaries, you won't meet a health provider. You won't meet a health professional. You will meet someone oh. which uh, they call a bud tender or, or someone behind the counter, like a retail store. So you may or may not get good information. You may or may not even get what I'm recommending, right? So that person behind the counter will say, you know what? I think Johnny should have these gummies instead because my neighbor tried these gummies with her child and it really worked. Well, this sounds really disconcerting, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jen, because wow. I mean, the, I, I feel like we can't really advise parents then on, on finding you know, the right help, even though I'm hearing that there's a lot of benefits to this. Like what, what would you, how, how would you, um, uh, what would you refer parents to then to, to navigate this? So it, it's because it's still so early and we're still, these are the growing pains of a regulated market, right? So we, we've been working in a black market for so long. So what I do, and I still see patients in California, very limited amount of patients, but when I do see them, I uh, using California example is I will walk the patient through A to Z. So the parents come to my office and I recommend, let's say a CBD rich formula. I will recommend two to three brands that I know of that I've worked mm -hmm. with before. And I will say, these are the three brands you can get. And these are the stores that carry it. I know exactly, you know, X, Y, and Z will carry these brands. So then when they go there, the stores that are medical, they actually have a, a medical license. They will actually mm -hmm. keep, me in the loop 
So the stores have gotten a hmm. lot more more um, mature, and and their operations are a little bit, uh, I would say, have 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 uh, accountability. And they will say, hey, Dr. Chin, you're. I'm going to write you. They write either write me a little email, give me a call, Dr. Chin. The child came in today. Just wanted to let you know we did, you know, we did give them X, Y, and Z, just like you said. Um, make sure you know you follow up with them if you need anything else. Let me know. So it's a lot more handholding, but I do do that mm-hmm. in the West Coast. In in New York, I don't have to do that as much because there there is a pharmacist, and you're only getting what I recommend. Okay, interesting. So then, part of these dispensaries here, we need to look for a medical license that's linked to to yeah. the dispensary. Yeah. Sounds like you need to be your own advocate and do some research, right? Exactly. Right, but we have to figure out what is the actual research we have to do. Mm-hmm. So can you um, offer any um, you know, case studies from your practice where the use of CBD treatment was helpful, particularly in children? Like any examples? I would say um, epilepsy is one of the biggest things that I see. Um, I see a lot of kids mm-hmm. with intractable epilepsy, which means they have tried a dozen medications with their neurologist and they simply can't get the seizures under control. A lot of these kids have metabolic or mitochondrial genetic disorders, essentially that, mm-hmm. um, and they're on two or three different, uh, medications, including anti-seizure medications, but they're usually nonverbal or, or they're non-ambulatory. So they're in a wheelchair. They can't walk. A lot of these kids do well with cannabis, including CBD. And the hmm. CBD, and th- there's a huge, actually, study through GW Pharmaceuticals. They just passed an FDA-approved drug for epilepsy. Uh, and here in New York, NYU Langone Epilepsy Center uh, is studying it as well, Dr. Davinsky. And what we are finding is that there's something about the CBD. Again, I mentioned the neuroprotectant. It's tempering mm-hmm. that erratic behavior in the brain for the epilepsy. And so one of the kids I have here... Um, he was having a hundred seizures a month easily. And, mm. and now, oh, wow. and now he has about four or five. Wow. So he, so to school, reduced yeah, really reduced. I mean, we used to, he, when he first came in, he had this, this cute little, he was the cutest kid. He had this yellow helmet on and the parents just padded the walls and the, and, and the ground because they never knew when he was going to have a seizure. But wow. after cannabis, he, goes to a regular school now and he talks and he walks no more helmet it's a mm. it's a that's probably i think the biggest case that i see and then for autistic kids some some moms and dads will bring them in early before they're verbal um maybe they have a little bit of muscle tone a low muscle tone or coordination and you know with with everyone else on board their specialists and their therapist we work together and i'll supplement i'll watch and supplement a cbd product and we'll see, we watch and see if that improves the child's um, therapy or, you know, other things, the quality of life. What about for ADHD? For ADHD, now this is important to note. When there are certain kids that take, if they take too much CBD, it actually energizes them. And it'll hmm. make them a little bit more, more uh, ants in their pants. <laughs> Oh, yeah. don't want that. Don't want that. So that's why it's actually important to really work with a health provider. Um, a lot of, in, in the West Coast, a lot of nurses um, work with CBD and autistic children, ADHD, um, or someone, you know, like myself, there's integrative physicians that specialize in, in pediatric cannabis care. 
to journal. So the, the number one thing is just write it down. How much, you know, what's the dose? What's the behavior like? And we slowly titrate to what's called an optimal therapeutic dosage. And optimal therapeutic dosage means less is more, but you want the minimum amount of CBD to, to reach your goals. And whether it's sitting in a classroom, you know, for six hours, or sometimes it's at the end of the day, they're great at the classroom, but when they come home, all that pent up energy at three, three to 6 PM is impossible. Uh, and then, mm -hmm, and yes. then we'll, we'll use the CBD at the end of the day. Hmm. And is it in liquid form or a pill or is it uh, a lotion? For children, um, it's a liquid form. It's a tincture form, which is tricky because not all kids will even be willing to take an herbal medicine, uh, especially CBD. It's very earthy, uh, earthy smell to it and earthy taste. So sometimes I'll have parents hide it uh, in juice or smoothie or drink, you know, something like that. Mm hmm. What about for adults, you know, specifically for women and treating any, you know, hormonal issues? Is CBD a good remedy for um, aging women? So the, the, two, the two main demographic patients I see are women and children. And so it's great that we're talking oh. about this. <laughs> women come in to see me and women in general are overmedicated and overprescribed. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one in four women are being treated for a mental health condition. And, and the top three reasons why women come to see me is number one is insomnia. I can't get to sleep. I've been sleep deprived since I've had the children or more, and I just can't fall mm -hmm. asleep or stay asleep. Uh, the second reason is anxiety. So, um, you know, rushes of, of panic attacks or just feeling overwhelmed, so overwhelmed that the anxiety gets in the way of, of their everyday life and responsibilities. And number three is chronic pain and chronic pain mm. from um, pelvic pain to migraines to fibromyalgia. So five, chronic pain really is a, is a broad, a broad uh, uh, diagnosis. But those are the three things that I treat for women. Wow. Okay. So from what we hear in the news, CBD and marijuana dispensaries are popping up everywhere in major cities and more now throughout the states where marijuana is being legalized. How do you know what is a legitimate CBD dispensary versus CBD that is made in a foreign country with supplemental chemical additives that may cause complications? So I wouldn't buy CBD at the gas station. I would buy CBD. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I was at the pizzeria the other day with my kids, and there was like CBD energy shots next to the cashier. Uh, so oh, I gosh, wouldn't, wow. you know, I would really go to the regulated dispensaries. And there's, mm. there's more. I would say the regulated dispensaries are the ones that look like regulated dispensaries. When you walk in, it's clean. You know, there are there are products there but there's someone behind the counter that can actually speak with you in an educated form, you know, an educated way and say, here, here are the products. Let's look at the insert. Here's their website. Ask about the certificate uh, of authenticity, ask about lab testing. So really asking really good questions and finding those key stores. And the great thing about California is most of the stores carry an array of products, but they're all regulated. So you're looking for regulated dispensaries with regulated product, not, um, I wouldn't buy it from like health food stores, like, a you yeah. know, even the compounding, you know, sort of like an apothecarium or a, a 
a Trader Joe's or a, or a Whole Foods just yet because mm-hmm. they might be purchasing bulk CBD hemp product from from somewhere they're not sure of. And it's hard to to get someone to talk to you at, at those sort of larger retail stores. So I would start the education, mm-hmm. especially if you're new at it, at a smaller dispensary store, get comfortable with the, with the material and the products that may or may not work for you. And then you can buy them online or if you see them in other stores, uh, you can venture out. Hmm. That's very helpful. Where do you think uh, more research needs to happen to support, excuse me, to support CBD and medicine? The trickiest thing is there's over 1,500 chemical variants or quote-unquote strains of the cannabis plant. So it's almost like Mother Hmm. Nature is laughing at us because there's, you know, she's like, well, I'm botanical. I'm very rich in different cannabinoids. You really can't replicate me. It's hard to standardize what's being grown in California, the, the cannabis strains. Even though we use the same seed, if I grew it here in New York, it will produce a totally different CBD, THC profile with all the other cannabinoids Mm -hmm. because your heirloom tomato in your backyard will not look like my heirloom tomato, even though we're using the same seeds, right? Different microclimates, Mm -hmm. different the way we we process it is going to be different. The way companies extract it and formulate it will be different. So we have a long way to go in terms of research, but the number one thing to start is really removing it from schedule one status because if we can remove it from schedule one status, then we can research it. Right now, our hands are tied. All my colleagues, all my MD colleagues say, you know, Janella, I I applaud you for doing this and sticking your neck out there, but there has to be more research. There's not enough research. But at the same time, we can't research it. We can't. We just absolutely can't. So we go by anecdotal data, which still has strength. If you think about all this data that California has been sitting on alone, of these patients reporting that it's worked for, you know, helping them get through cancer or helping them with IBD or helping them with migraines, these children that are getting helped with autism, epilepsy. Um, it, this is significant. And this is data that we should not dismiss, um, even though it is anecdotal and it's not this evidence-based double-blind randomized controlled trial, there's still a lot to say about the safety profile of cannabis if we're looking at it from for decades. It's the best safety profile compared to any other substance. So what's the kind of doctor then that um, a family might see to figure out how to use CBD correctly and then also uh, receive insight on, you know, a medical dispensary that is legitimate and, you know, this could be a a legitimate treatment plan for, for someone? A lot of physicians and nurse practitioners are getting educated by themselves and calling themselves integrative cannabis practitioners, which is what I call okay. myself. So I, mm-hmm. yes, I can help you integrate CBD and cannabis safely, but I'm also taking it into the context of a holistic practice. So what therapists are you working with? Who are your other MDs on board? You know, how is diet? How is exercise? Let's look at the prescriptions. You know, if I'm looking at your prescription list and it's going to counteract with CBD, you're, I'm going to say you cannot take any CBD at all. So you really mm-hmm. need to, and I think there are more and more um, doctors. I mean, we're lucky because we're on, you know, either the West Coast or even the East Coast. There's a lot of holistic physicians. I would say mm-hmm. you know, the the rest of the country, unfortunately, there is very little access. Mm-hmm. But a lot of so, doctors in the West and the East will do telehealth medicine, uh, as you're, you guys are familiar with. We, we can do a Skype visit. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Is there anyone that would not be a good candidate for CBD treatment? Sometimes um, children or adults with liver issues uh, is not a good candidate. CBD, when taken at high doses, can affect liver enzymes. So I do look at blood work and I look at that. Some medications, if you take it like a blood thinner, uh, or if you're taking certain antipsychotic medications, antidepressants, benzos, sleep aids. So we look at all of that and we have to time it correctly. We can't take the, the cannabis or CBD with the prescription medications at the same time because it'll increase the serum levels of the medication uh, because it is it is all metabolized by the cytochrome P450 liver enzyme, which is the same enzyme that breaks down your prescription medications. Okay. Interesting. That is interesting. Um, one other question for you. When it comes to using CBD then for treatment, um, is this something that someone would be on for the rest of their lives? Is it more for a short-term symptom reduction? I know you kind of mentioned that earlier, but when I think of, say, antibiotics, you take that for a few weeks and then you're done and the bacteria is killed, mm. right? So, but what do you do then? How do, how do you use CBD? Is it for the long term? Is it for the short term? Excellent question. So again, it goes back to depending on what we're treating. My epilepsy patients, they're taking it forever. As long as it continues okay. to work and control their seizures, yes. Um, my cancer patients, they usually take it when they're taking the chemotherapy and radiation, and then they'll maybe use it you know, for post-neuropathy, for nerve pain after chemo and maybe some other chronic pain issues. So patients with insomnia, let's go back to women, when we were talking about the insomnia anxiety, um, a lot of my patients with insomnia will take it for about six months and then their body starts to kick in. And that's the beauty about CBD, again, with the GABA receptors. It coaxes your own body, your brain, to make, to make more GABA. And GABA basically tells mm. your body to relax. So it actually, so I talk about sleep hygiene and we talk about um, things with the CBD supplementation so that you don't have to take CBD forever. So we're using it situationally, you know, maybe at the six month mark or maybe even at the three month mark, you know, stress levels decrease and we've incorporated meditation practice, breathing practice, you know, going to bed at a certain time, removing electronics, removing caffeine. Uh, and, and I'm trying not to use it as another thing, <laughs> to, you know, and one more thing to be on mm -hmm. forever. Um, I look at it, right. if, if possible, I look at it as a, as a way to um, push your body into, into a better healing mechanism. And are there any side effects to CBD treatment? CBD can upset the stomach. Uh, it can also produce nausea and diarrhea, but usually it's the, C it's the product that is added to the CBD. So CBD is fat soluble, which means the product has to have some fat with it. And it's usually like MCT oil. Um, or coconut oil. And some patients with um, sensitive stomachs can't handle that. Uh, so mm -hmm. then I have patients look for CBD oil that maybe is in sesame or black seed oil, or they'll look for a different carrier. Dr. Chin, are there any brands um, that are more oh, well-known that, that we should think about to research? Uh, there's some really great brands. Um, I don't have any affiliation or financial um, association with any brands, but I do look at brands again. I look at their website and I look at um, their testing uh, and, and transparency. Uh, Bluebird Botanicals in Colorado is very good. Um, Palmetto Harmony is also very good. There's some West Coast products. Uh, Canna Kids uh, is really excellent product as well. 
Uh, so I just still make sure to stay on top of it and make sure they're still producing, you know, the reports, the third party testing, the COAs, because sometimes companies, as you know, when they grow larger, sometimes they cut corners. So, um, I so see. I want I still want to, you know, make, make patients, make your listeners aware of that. Those are three good products yeah. that I've been recommending to patients for a while. And they, but it's still to up to not- us to do our due diligence yep. to continue exactly. to see where are they on the research and yes. Exactly. Okay, well, this has been very helpful. Thank you very much, Dr. Chen, for taking the time to speak to us here at Mainspring Family Wellness. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you, Dan, at Gold Pacific Studios for having us today. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.